The party rages on in Knoxville, but we're here to talk recruiting. This is the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Josh Newberg. We're going to get right to it. We're going to talk some Tennessee recruiting with my man, Austin Price of VolQuest. Austin, have you slept yet, or are you still out in the streets partying with the other Tennessee fans? Yeah, <laughs> I've slept a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's been a wild, uh, you know, wild season at this point, period, but really wild the last uh, 36 hours or so with uh, Tennessee uh, finding a way to avenge all those demons uh, against Nick Saban in Alabama. Yeah, much anticipated game. A lot of people just wanted to see, like, is this Tennessee team for real? Well, at least halfway through the season, they they proved that they are the real deal. Now, there was a ton of recruits on campus. Uh, VolQuest did a great job of covering it all. But walk me through just what a recruit experienced from pregame until the game-winning kick went through the uprights. Well, they're able to spend some time with coaches early in the day, and then it kind of branches off into, you know, kind of, you know, see a, a little bit of the facilities. And then it turns into kind of the game day atmosphere, you know, making their way to the stadium, you know, getting to kind of take in the vol walk down at the down at the bottom of the hill. Um, you know, getting to you know kind of interact with coaches pregame on the field, and then you know, you know you watch the game. And of course, you know a bunch of those players ended up, or a bunch of those prospects ended up down there with the real players on the field after the game in the melee with all the fans. And um, I think Jarrett Gibson lost a phone at one point because in the madness on the on the field, the twenty twenty four running backs. I mean. It, it, it was it was a wild show, but I mean, like Tennessee's pageantry always stands out to recruits. Josh Tennessee's ability to show well um, on a Saturday uh, afternoon or evening is is right there with some of the best in college football. So, not surprised you're going to walk away from this. Uh, as as one coach told me last night, if you didn't have a fun time at the game Saturday, you were trying to not have a fun time. In the wake of Tennessee's big celebration, they did pick up a commitment. It's a 2024 wide receiver, four-star Mazeo Bennett. Uh, what are you hearing about him, and why did he decide to pull the trigger on Sunday? Well, I talked to him yesterday, and he's been trending to Tennessee for a while, Josh. He came here in camp this summer, really likes Kelsey Pope, likes the offensive direction, was here for the Florida game, got swooped up in that environment. But really, he, he's been trending to Tennessee for probably about six weeks now. And, uh, you know, just felt comfortable pulling the trigger for, for the Vols yesterday. He won't be the last one that in that 24 class that was here this or, or you know, that he wasn't here, but a lot of those guys were that, that kind of get swooped up in the atmosphere of Florida, the atmosphere at Alabama, and pulls the trigger for Tennessee. You know, there are Boo Carter, Marcus Gorey, Caleb Beasley, Edwin Spillman, all high in 24s in the, in the state. And then there's some other guys out of state, too, that Tennessee seems to be trending well with in that 24 class. This this staff has done a, done a really nice job of building bonds in that 24 class. And you go back to the 22 class when they first got here, they couldn't get any traction with anybody because of the investigation, the NCAA, There's a lot going on. and all that stuff overhanging them. And now here, 18 months later, they're <laughs> they're in the top three in the country, and you know, seems like they have all this traction in recruiting. It sure does seem that way. Uh, Tennessee is currently ranked 14th in the 2023 class. Uh, we know there's uh, some big decisions on the way. If Tennessee continues this run, if they continue to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat and they finish strong, where do you see this class finishing? I, I think it's a top 10 class. Um, you know, if they get a David Hobbs, who's a five-star with on three, uh, you know, if they get a, 
you know, if they're able to add, you know, some other key pieces to this class, whether it be at receiver, you know, I mean, obviously they're going to keep swinging at Carnell Tate. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think you have to have Carnell Tate in this class, you know, for it to be successful as a receiver group. I mean, Nathan Laycock continues to rocket up the rankings. Charles Power, big fan of him, and he, he continues to rise. Um, you know, this this wide receiver group is really, really solid for Tennessee. And in this offense, I mean, look what they're, you know, they're winning right now with a guy who was a, you know, who's been injured, but, you know, Cedric Tillman was a, you know, two-star type player that had literally nothing. He was going to walk on at USC for Clay Helton before Clay called Tyson Helton, who was here at the time, and he ends up signing with Tennessee. You know, Rue McCoy was a five-star, but he had not done anything really up till this season, and he's starting to realize his potential. And Jalen Hyatt was a three-star type player, you know, from over in, in Columbia, South Carolina. So you don't have to have top-end receivers. They develop you in this offense, and so – um, I think on the whole, this this class can really continue to improve with defensive linemen, whether by the JUCO ranks, transfer portal, or adding guys like David Hobbs or Tamarion Parker who were here this past weekend. Do you feel like ultimately Tennessee's success on the field will boost them more in 2024 recruiting than 2023? Yes, I do. I think that, you know, Tennessee slowly um, or rapidly you know, the, this past weekend becoming the cool school, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Tennessee for so long has kind of been this, you know, secondary destination because they've been so much, you know, so down for the last 15 years outside of a couple of moments. And so if they can sustain this, then I do think that they have a chance to really take off in, in that 24 class. But I do think they can, you know, ride the wave with David Hobbs. He, he's going to make a decision coming up at the end of November. Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. I've long said it's Tennessee and Alabama, the top two, with Georgia and Ohio State kind of right behind those two. Um, and I don't think believe, believe anything changes that. I think Tennessee is a school that he's always liked a lot. They were slower to offer than some others. But he's kind of gotten past that, and we've started to see him get a lot of traction there. He was here for the Florida game. He came back for the Alabama game, and he'll official to the Georgia game down in Athens, so they'll see Tennessee a third time. Yeah, Tennessee is red hot right now. And uh, Austin, we're going to check back in with you in a couple weeks. Thanks for joining us today on the Inside Scoop. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate you. And we're back on the Inside Scoop. We have our next guest, Corey Bender of Gators Online. Uh, big weekend in Gainesville, Corey. Welcome to the Inside Scoop. How are you feeling? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on, Josh. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll rewind it a little bit. Last week, the Gators picked up two big defensive back commitments and three-star Bryce Thornton and four-star Dijon Johnson. But, Corey, the people want to know, what's up with five-star Cormani McLean? You put in a new expert pick on the on-three recruiting prediction machine. What does it mean, and what's going on with his recruitment? Yeah, I think with Cormani, I think with Florida, I talked to sources on both sides. Both feel that Florida's probably in the best spot right now. I think with Florida, too, it's the familiarity, that comfort feel in Gainesville. Um, he's been there a countless amount of times over the years. Alabama, I mean, Alabama's Alabama. They, they can get to connect campus one time and obviously win out. But I think with him, he's a kid that's not all about the glitz and glamour, not always posting on social media, trying to be up in recruiting. I've heard the process kind of is kind of weird on him at times where he just kind of wants to wrap it up sooner than later. Um, and I know obviously in Gainesville, you have all the Polk County kids on the roster. Um, you know, being in Gainesville, he's just very at home there. And obviously Florida's season hasn't went as planned as a lot of people. But I kind of said before the year, I thought this is the year if Anthony Richardson really plays and surpasses expectations, 
they could win like eight, nine, or possibly 10 games. But if not, it's going to be kind of a rebuilding year. So I'm not really surprised by the outcome on the field. So I don't think the on-field play really has much of an impact on his recruitment. But I think having Corey Raymond was like the cherry on top. He's comfortable in Gainesville. The familiarity's high. You know, obviously they're recruiting his mom really well, too. The relationships are very strong. But then having Corey Raymond, arguably the best DB coach in the country, it kind of just makes it even that more appetizing. So I know Alabama, they were supposed to get him on campus a few weeks ago. I think that was the big dagger from that because I thought that was the most important visit of his recruitment. If Alabama hosts him and he has a great time, I think the momentum could have definitely switch towards their side. But I think with that visit not taking place and it kind of getting down with the crunch time, I think you've got a favorite Florida here. And I know sources on both sides feel Florida's in the best spot right now. Yeah, and the big question, though, is when. Uh, people thought yeah. maybe with the pair of DB commitments, maybe Cormani was going to jump in, but he didn't show up in Gainesville over the weekend. Not that he was yeah. really expected to, but you know yeah. that would have been a, a very telling sign. So where would you put the timeline for his commitment at? I would probably put it more than November range. I think he wanted to wrap it up in December, but that was before kind of reports came out where he's just kind of getting tired by recruiting. He wants to team up with one school and just kind of put this all behind him. I thought, like you said, Josh, he was kind of a 50-50 going into the weekend as far as showing up. And we, we kept close tabs on it. We are watching to see if he'd show up. He never did. But um, I still think that doesn't affect Florida's chances at all. I think he's still going to take an official – Florida just wants to have official visitors only for the LSU game for in-season. So if you're going to officially visit Florida going forward, it's going to have to happen in early December. And I think that favors Florida even more. I think him just getting down to crunch time. Um, and I think there's a possibility he could be committed to a school before then. But right now, he has no clear timeline, but I think it's going to be before signing day. Um, I probably in the probably early to mid-November is kind of what I'm aiming for. Now, that recruitment is trending up for the Gators, but one recruitment that doesn't seem to be trending up is five-star edge Keon Keeley. When he first decommitted from Notre Dame back in August, a lot of people thought his next landing spot would be the Gators. However, it seems like Alabama and Ohio State have kind of pulled away. Now, do you think the Gators are still legitimately in this recruitment? They're still in it, but I definitely think they're a solid number three. I think even before he decommitted from Notre Dame, Alabama was kind of like the the school kind of trending, you know, the back channels a little bit. And then, you know, he wanted to officially visit for the Kentucky game. And it kind of goes back to the staff where Florida, I mean, I, there's some people that have the opinion, hey, it's Keeley. You mm -hmm. stretch, you change your plans for a kid that's ranked that high. If he wants to officially visit for the Kentucky game, which was kind of the initial hope, hey, you just let him officially visit. But for, they kind of made it an like, official visit, though. He stayed for two days. Um, and I think for Florida right now, him not coming back for this game, for the LSU game, I think that kind of, I'm not going to kind of say put the nail in the coffin, but really solidified Florida as that third school. Ohio State got on campus twice in September, including for an official. Alabama's done a great job from the jump with him. So unless he takes a last-minute visit to Florida, which his mother's told me they've seen everything they've wanted to see in Florida, and obviously some people might take that as a good sign, but for me that's kind of almost shutting the door unofficially as far as where Florida sits. He loves Florida as a, as a kid. You know, yeah. there's a lot of familiarity in Gainesville, but I think Keeley's done a good job of kind of attacking this process like with a business-like mindset. And he's really kind of looking at where can I get produced, where can I get to the NFL, and um, who can produce me the best. And with a first staff, with a new staff like this, there's still kind of some right on the wall there as far as if you're looking at it from that standpoint. Alabama with the Will Andersons of the world, Dallas Turner, everyone knows what Ohio State does. So I think it's just a little bit more – more concrete as far as the long-term plans of those schools right now. So 
I think it's Alabama one, Ohio State two, and Florida three. That's the way I kind of look at it right now. Does Florida get him back on campus before Keeley makes his final decision? I don't think so. Yeah, because they only have one more home game, which is South Carolina on November 12th. And there's been word that he wants to shut it down before the end of the mm-hmm. month. You know, obviously we're at, what, October 17th. So, yeah, I mean, there's a chance he commits in the coming weeks. I don't think they do. I thought this past weekend was that final shot um, to get him on campus. So, right now, I'm not, I don't think he gets back on campus. All right, three-star wide receiver Creed Whittemore decommitted on Sunday. Not a big blow to the Gators class. Billy Napier still putting together an excellent first-year class, top 10. Um, Where do you see this class finishing? What's its potential? Yeah, I think it has potential to kind of hit the back end of the top five. I mean, especially if they get Cormani, there's some other guys, some big flip targets on the board still, too. Um, You have Jordan Hall, four-star defensive tackle, so – I think they have the, the opportunity to really kind of crack the top five more on the four and five range as far as the ceiling. Um, but like you said, we created Whitmore. Um, they didn't move the, down the rankings after that. Florida's class altogether. I think even with that move, I still think Florida has arguably the best wide receiver class in the country, give or take, depending on when you look at all the commitment lists. Um, and I think with him, Florida wasn't surprised by this decision. They kind of saw the ready on the wall from what I was told. They're really high in Eugene Wilson. In our area of Tampa, they really like him in the slot. Um, Aiden Mazel is another big name, and there's a chance they might even go after Jerron Hamilton, who is Whitmore's teammate, which is kind of awkward, right? Um, you know, that's a kid they've kind of been recruiting on the back end and hasn't got re-offered yet, but that's a kid I can see them offering and kind of make that fifth receiver in the class. Um, so it wasn't too big of a blow. I think he's actually overlooked a little bit. I think he's a really good player, Cree Whitmore, and we kind of received word yesterday that Mississippi State was a school to kind of keep an eye on. Um, UCF too, but um, yeah, now he's had he's teamed up with the Bulldogs, so good for him. And I think for both parties, it was it was like I said, it was almost a good decision for both parties. Yeah, Florida has an excellent wide receiver class, and if they can add Cormani, one of the best DB classes as well in the country. Does their mm-hmm. on-field results matter at all? Now they're they're a three-loss team right now, but coming up, you got yeah. Georgia and Texas A&M. Are recruits just going to give Billy a pass because this is his first full year, or do results matter at some point? Yeah, no, I think to a degree they do. We asked a lot of those kids this weekend that same question. We asked, you know, is it more the development or the on-field results right now matter? And a lot of the kids said really the wins and losses don't really matter to them right now. I know um, Desmond Ricks kind of said the same thing to us, the five-star corner in 2024. He's like, these aren't his guys. He's like, I see them developing. He goes, I think I can come in and help the secondary. Uh, John Walker was another one who said, you know, I don't really out there was also marriage me because I came in the spring and I've been to so many games and I've seen the D-line get better and better uh, under Sean Spencer. So I think to a degree, I mean, obviously that's on the record talking to reporters saying that, but I think to a degree it, it matters a little bit. But I think, and I've kind of been on record, like we said at the front at the beginning of the call, I think when you look at Florida's roster, they were, they were placing a lot of guys from last year. And then Anthony Richardson was always kind of that, you know, how good is he? Is he going to live up to these draft expectations or is it mm-hmm. going to be kind of a kind of in the process type of thing and him grow as the season goes on? So I predict him to have six wins this year. That's what I did at the end of the year, and I got a lot of heat for that. But now you kind of see that. I think it's just – I think a lot – and obviously it's a staff's first year too. you got to account for that. So I think it's a little bit a mixture of both, but I think the development's more important to them and seeing these true freshmen and these young guys get a shot. Um, you know, best players play. It's not just a seniority thing, and I think – that's really made an impact on a lot of these recruits. Major need for UF in this class is defensive line, specifically the interior. Yeah. 
Uh, Jordan Hall was on campus. I think he's one of the best defensive tackles in the state, regardless of his ranking. But he yeah. is highly considering UF and Georgia. He has upcoming official visits to Alabama and Ohio State. He's unsure right now if he's really going to take an official visit to UF. Do you think UF can legitimately land him without an official visit? I don't think so. I think Florida, I think going into this year, Florida was always like the number two or number three school. I've always, George has been trending the most. You know, Chad put in a prediction for him a few months ago. Mm -hmm. um, I think Florida right now, he went to the game. He really loves the hospitality around campus and really raves about that staff. So, you know, those connections are really strong. But I think right now when you look at on-field play with Ohio State and then Alabama, like you said, is getting official. You have Georgia in the mix. I think they have to kind of get him on campus in early December. And that's still a possibility. He said, mm -hmm. I would rather take one in December, and that favors Florida. But he didn't really – he didn't say for sure if Florida was going to get one. So he said, you know, I think they're still in the running to get one. And I think that kind of showed where Florida is with them. I think they're probably the number three school on this list. I think Georgia's one – you can almost make a case at Alabama, even though they haven't gone on campus much, you can almost put them above Florida at this point. And then you have Ohio State who can really make a splash when he OVs for the Michigan game because you know the atmosphere is going to be crazy. So, yeah. yeah, I think right now they have to get an official. If not, I think they'll be that school that spoke about very highly with them but falls up just short, which, you know, that's always a dagger when you think you're sitting in a good spot with these kids. But they're like, but, you know, I have to go with this school. So that's where I kind of view his recruitment right now. Yeah, you can tell the interest is there because he's been to campus so many times. But like you said, if you're yeah. not locking in an official visit, how serious are you about that program? Yeah. Um, let's yeah. move to the 2024 class. Vitally important position, again, is quarterback. And the number two quarterback in the on three rankings has visited UF twice already this season. Texas four-star DJ Lagway, one of the highest, um, one of the top-ranked quarterbacks in the 2024 class, What's going on with his recruitment? Has Florida kind of made him their guy in next year's class at quarterback? Yeah, so that's their top target quarterback, one of the top targets overall. And, yeah, I think his I – mean, Florida's doing all the right things, man. He, every time he goes to Gainesville, he raves about his time. The staff is really pushing all the right buttons with him and his family. Um, he always – he likes Anthony Richardson the way he bounces back and kind of, you know, battles for adversity. I think there's some similarities when you look at their skill set as well two big quarterbacks who can really pick up yards with their legs as well. So I think with him, and he's another kid that's very educated when it comes to attacking the recruiting process. He wants to take all of his officials in April, and then he wants to commit early so he can kind of join a class and try to build an elite 2024 class, be the face of that class. And, you know, I think right now, just off you all, they always say track the visits. Texas A&M is obviously the in-state school. They've got my campus a lot. Although they've struggled on the field, I think you can't really look at that, you know, especially from his position. He might say, hey, I might be the missing piece. I can come turn this thing around. So I think right now it's Texas A&M, Florida. You got Clemson, LSU in there as well. I think Florida's number – just asking for my, my opinion, I think Florida's number two on his list. I think it's A&M, then Florida, and then Clemson, LSU. You know, maybe those are the other schools right behind them. But it's going to be close. You know, Florida's fan base is super invested in this kid. You know, if you go by the fraternity houses – on campus, they have big posters <laughs> with his name on it, and he, he sees that too. His family's been like, "Wow, they're blown away by that." So he's the he's the prize jewel in that class that Florida's going all in for. So I think Florida's right there, though. I think like, they're going to get an official in the spring. I, I, I'm if I'm a betting man, they're probably going to get him on campus, you know, in the winter, you know, early next year too. So 
I think with Florida, they just have to keep doing what they're doing. You know, they know he, he sees himself as a major name in that class too. So um, we'll see how it plays out. But Florida's right there at the top. They're, they're in a good spot with DJ. Yeah, getting him on campus, two unofficial visits already this fall. They're, they're doing their thing with him. Um, before yep. I let you go, let's play a quick game of stick or flip. I'm going to ask you yep. about a couple guys that are committed, either to the Gators or elsewhere. You tell me if you think they're going to stick or if they're going to flip. All right, let's go. Okay. Four-star defensive lineman John Walker committed to UCF. He's been on campus a couple times. Stick or flip? Flip. Oh, big one. All right. Yeah, I think flip. Yeah. Four-star offensive lineman Roderick Kearney committed to FSU. He was on an official visit to FSU this weekend, but stick or flip? Stick. And I'm going to say this, too. I think early on, Florida was in a good spot. They still are. They're in a good spot. They're pressing hard. But I think him getting on campus this weekend and FSU in recent weeks and the way FSU season's playing out, you can slowly start that. You can see it starting to shift back towards the semblance a little bit. So I'm going to say I know a lot of Florida fans don't want to hear that, but I'm, I'm going to go with stick for sure. Okay. Four-star defensive lineman out of the state of Alabama, Kelby Collins, committed to UF. Stick or flip? Stick. Okay. Five-star running back, Cedric Baxter, committed to Texas. Stick or flip? I think he's going to stick with Texas, man. I think it's going to be close. He's going to take visits, but I think all in all, he's going to stick with Texas. Yeah, he was at FSU over the weekend. I know UF is also a team that's trying to keep him yeah. in state, but Texas has his commitment and is holding on tight to him. So we'll see on that one. Four-star defensive lineman Xavier McLeod, who's committed to South Carolina. He was at UF this weekend. Stick or flip? Stick. I think it's going to be close. He's going to take his visits, but he's a South Carolina kid, and I think that familiarity is going to win out, but he's going to stick. Mm, that's a position of need for the Gators. We'll see what happens there. And then lastly, five-star running back Richard Young out of the state of Florida. He's committed to Alabama. He was in the swamp on Saturday. Stick or flip? Stick. He's going to stick with the Crimson Tide. <laughs> All right, Corey. Thanks for joining us on the Inside Scoop. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah thanks a lot, Josh. Thanks for having me. We are back on the Inside Scoop. Up next, Chad Simmons, all the way out there on the West Coast. We have our director of recruiting for On3 reporting to us. Chad, welcome to the Inside Scoop. Man, happy to be here, Josh. All right. Well, let's keep this uh, West Coast flavor going. The first guy I want to ask you about is five-star defensive lineman Mateo Uyagalele. Uh, he's out there in California, and you spoke to him just a couple days ago. What's the latest with his recruitment? You know, it sounds like right now everything points to no more visits as far as official visits go. You know, he took OVs to USC, Oregon, Ohio State, you know, over the summer. There was talk earlier this fall he may squeeze in one to Alabama. Uh, and that's not 100%, you know, not going to happen. But it seems like he's leaning towards being done. Uh, he took an unofficial trip to Ohio State uh, recently. He's been to USC um, I think those schools would love to have him back on campus at least once or twice more between, between now and when he makes a decision. But uh, the buzz is still around, I think, Ohio State, although what I've picked up out here on maybe is USC's not as far behind as once they were. Uh, I think they're, with their, their positive start obviously took a loss to Utah over the weekend, but their start, their defensive play specifically, I think has grabbed his attention. He knows some players in that class as far as commitments go. Uh, but I still lean towards Larry Johnson, Ohio State at this time, but I would not rule out a USC just yet. That's a big-time recruitment. We'll continue to follow it. Another hot name is five-star edge Damon Wilson out of Venice, Florida. 
Two weeks ago, he took a visit to Georgia. He wasn't anywhere this past weekend. And the rumor is he could be making a decision soon. What are you hearing on that? Yeah, like Mateo, I think he, he's likely done with visits. I feel a little bit more sure about saying that about Damon than Mateo as far as him being done and really just sitting down and figuring things out with his family. Uh, he had a great, great visit to the University of Georgia. And coming out of that visit, a lot of pro-positive buzz about the Bulldogs and maybe leaping over Ohio State to take the lead uh, for the five-star edge out of Venice, Florida. Uh, after the dust has settled and obviously communication, Ryan Day was down at his school uh, right after that visit last week. Um, the Buckeyes may have pulled back ahead, but there's been strong communication with both schools. I think it's really down to Georgia and Ohio State. Alabama's faded. Miami seems to be out. Uh, there's been communication over the weekend uh, throughout last week with both programs. I probably lean slightly towards Ohio State right now. Uh, but this battle could be ending pretty soon. I'm hearing Kirby Smart could be down in South Florida on Georgia's off week later on this week. So keep an eye on Damon Wilson. This one's likely coming to an end, if not in October, likely early in November. All right, these top schools will make a final push and see what happens. Um, let's go to Knoxville, the place to be if you're a five-star recruit. They had a couple official visitors on campus this weekend, mainly David Hobbs and Samuel Mpimba, two five-star defensive linemen. What's the scoop on those guys coming out of this big weekend? Yeah, what what a weekend at Tennessee. What what a football game. What what a win for that program for Josh Heupel. And he couldn't have picked, you know, a better environment and a better group of recruits to see that game. Obviously, David Hobbs ha has been and is a top priority you know, for Tennessee, for Heupel, for Rodney Garner, for that staff. And uh, this is his second game. He was at the Florida game, obviously the first big win uh, for UT this season. He was at the Alabama game, and uh, he raved about that atmosphere. Obviously, if you watched it on TV, it's hard to deny what type of atmosphere that was. But being there, he said, was something different. Uh, him and his family were there. And uh, I think Tennessee is, is very much in this race. People want to talk about – you know, Alabama, they want to talk about Georgia. Uh, but I've mentioned before, uh, heading into this trip, I think the top two teams were likely Alabama and Tennessee. And I still feel that way. I think Tennessee is, it, they, they may be trending, you know, coming off this visit, according to one source. I mean, again, I can't, he's got officials still to Alabama and Georgia coming up, including Bama this coming weekend. So let's see what half dust settles. But that there's a lot of positive buzz around Tennessee and Hobbs right now with that connection, the opportunity to play and to help take that program back to the top where they're heading right now, it seems. And then with Pimba, they had a lot of ground to make up heading into this visit. They were not uh, near the top. They were in his top four, but it seemed like the buzz has been around Georgia for some time. And I still like where Georgia's at. Again, he was on the visit. He had a great time. Uh, I think Tennessee is definitely a finalist for him. Uh, they made their pitch about how he can play and fit into their defensive scheme. But he'll be back in Athens for the Tennessee game in November. Uh, that'll be an official visit likely at this time. And I think a decision could come shortly after that. So Tennessee, I think, made a big, strong impression on Impemba and his family. But I still like where George is at for him. All right. Any unofficial visitor scoop? They had dozens of unofficial visitors on campus. What are you hearing coming out of Knoxville? 
Yeah, I mean, all positive. I talked to a lot of guys, um, you know, specifically top underclassmen. But, you know, a couple of uh, 2023s, I think the biggest one they made the biggest move with is a guy we talked about before, Josh, and that's Tyler Scott, one of the hottest prospects in the country over the last two to three weeks. A one-time Arkansas State commit, Butch Jones, Coach Stairs, former t- Tennessee head coach. He decommits from Arkansas State. Um, and now has Tennessee as his number one. You know, he left, you know, the Bama visit last weekend uh, with Bama on top. Uh, One thing about Tennessee is he has a cousin that plays there, Caleb Webb, wide receiver signed out of Georgia in the last cycle. So he has that connection, definitely said that helps Tennessee, him having somebody that he knows there, he's comfortable with. He stayed with him uh, in his apartment on Saturday night, kind of toured the town, uh, got a good feel. He'll definitely take an OV to Tennessee now, and I think the Vols are definitely in this one. Then one more to Marion Parker. Uh, I think it's down to Clemson probably in, in Tennessee. He mentions Penn State. He mentions Florida. Uh, he'll commit November 21st next month. Uh, this is probably his last time to Tennessee before he makes that decision. They made a very big impression on him and his family, but I still like Clemson there slightly for him. But Tyler Scott moved the Vols over the Crimson Tide this weekend. Now, one visit that kind of flew under the radar because there was a lot going on all over the country this weekend, but that was five-star running back in Texas commitment, Cedric Baxter, showing up at Florida State for an unofficial visit. Now, on the surface, it doesn't look like much, but Cedric Baxter was committed to FSU for some time as a sophomore. I mean, this is kind of like if you've moved on in your relationship and you go out and grab coffee with your ex and you try to tell your current girlfriend that it's not a big deal, nothing to worry about. But, Chad, is there something to worry about for Texas with Cedric Baxter? You know, I don't don't know if I'd use the term worry. Um, You know, I think they have to be aware, you know, of what's going on. There's communication still there. Uh, There's still a chance he takes an official visit to Florida State. Um, You know, obviously, he's very close with Mike Norvell. He likes running backs coach David Johnson a lot. He knows the the OC well. He wanted to see Florida State, the environment, how they competed with Clemson. And, you know, they played well early and then fought back late to make it a close game uh, Saturday night in Doak Walker Stadium. Um, He grew up a huge Florida State fan. So, you know, uh, I think at least part of him, there's still some interest, some intrigue, and I think he'll keep those lines open. I wouldn't say there's anything for Texas to worry about. I think he's super, you know, I say pretty strong with Texas based on what I'm hearing still um, coming out of this weekend. I mean, his relationship with Deshard Choice is second to none. Uh, That's a big part of why he committed to Texas in the first place. He likes what Texas is doing this season, what their offense is doing. So I still like where Texas is at, but you cannot sleep on a school like Florida State with Baxter. There's numerous reasons why he took that visit. Uh, He has interest, the communication is still there. So don't sleep on Florida State, but I still like where Texas is right now. Yeah, and I think Florida's another school. I think both schools see these two five-star running backs in the state, Richard Young, and Cedric Baxter both going to out-of-state schools, and I think you know they're trying to they're trying to keep some of that talent in state. But like you said, all signs point to him being rock solid to Texas at this point. Uh, let's move on to first. I got to give you some props. 2024 quarterback out of Connecticut, Ryan Puglisi, committed to UGA on Sunday. You called this one. You saw this one coming a couple weeks ago. Uh, what was it that got Puglisi to pull the trigger now to UGA? You know, I think it's Georgia making him a priority. You know, we see quarterbacks committing earlier and earlier each cycle. You know, they know for the most part, 
each school is going to take one, sometimes two, but not too too many want to be that second quarterback to commit to a school anyway. But I think Georgia just making him a priority, the way he connected with Todd Munkin, Buster Faulkner. He likes Kirby Smart. Uh, he likes the opportunity to play in the SEC at Georgia. You know, he camped there in June. Uh, he earned the offer. He loved the vibe then. Uh, and then things continue to progress, you know, with the relationships and how he saw the potential fit at Georgia. And he felt, you know, getting his family down and, and seeing a game you know, with, where they play in Connecticut, the majority of their games on Saturday. So the first off week he had was this weekend, brought his family to town and, and loved it and committed, made everything official on Sunday. Well, that's one major 2024 QB domino down. Uh, since you were out in California, let's talk about Julian Sayan. I, I think you were with him yesterday sitting down to talk to him. How close is he to a decision? And looking at his on three profile, Georgia leads in the recruiting prediction machine. Do you still see it going that way, even with the commitment of Puglisi? You know, right around the same time I predicted Puglisi to Georgia, I made a prediction for Saiyan to LSU, another SEC program. So uh, right now, you know, the three schools, he, I don't think he's ever going to name true favorites or finalists. He's not that kind of kid. He just wants to kind of go about his business kind of quietly. But I think it's Alabama, Georgia, and LSU are the three schools he's mainly focused on, Josh. And uh, he went to LSU for, I think it was New Mexico State game in September. Uh, he'll be at Bama this weekend. And then I think he commits. You know, he's been to Georgia before. Uh, he's been to both Bama and LSU before as well. I think those are the main three. And I think a decision for him is likely in November. Uh, he mentioned that one time October being the month, pushed that to November because of his visit schedule being pushed back a little bit later in the season. But he told me on Sunday, we met face to face for some time. And he told me that uh, he still feels good about making that decision come November. I still lean towards LSU. He had a great trip to Baton Rouge. The staff has really done a good job recruiting him, connecting with him uh, from the head coach all the way down to OC to off the field assistance. He feels wanted by LSU. Bama's in heavy communication too. I don't want to rule out Georgia completely, but with Puglisi on the board, I don't see Georgia as a major factor here. So it likely comes down to in the next month or so, Alabama and LSU for saying. The on-three 2024 rankings have been updated. Ryan Puglisi is now a four-star. I'm going to run down the top five here. Dylan Rayola, quarterback committed to Ohio State, is the number one player in the nation for 2024. You have Desmond Ricks, cornerback out of IMG at number two. Ellis Robinson, cornerback out of IMG at number three. Williams Naniri, a defensive lineman out of Kansas City. And Jeremiah Smith, wide receiver from South Florida, wrap up the top five. Tell me about these teammates at IMG sitting at number two and three, Desmond Ricks and Ellis Robinson. Any chance that they could play together on the next level? Yeah, man. What what a duo, Josh, to have the two and three players in America playing for you at IMG Academy. Uh, it probably makes the job pretty easy on the safeties and guys behind them. I mean, they lock down the, their side of the field. And, you know, but the, but the interesting thing is both those guys are from the, you know, Northeast. I mean, Ricks from Virginia and uh, Robinson up from the, I think border of like Connecticut, a New York area. And um, they've come down to Florida and truly just balled out and really made name for themselves and become elite prospects. And, and Ricks and Robinson, I think the, um, I think the common school there is Alabama. I think uh, both those schools, uh, both, I'm sorry, both those teammates 
uh, are high on Alabama. Both have visited there this season. Both are in communication with the Bama staff. Um, and I think both could maybe have the slight edge for Ricks and, and Robinson. I think with Robinson, it's a tight, tight race between Georgia and Alabama, almost too tight to call. Uh, Bama, uh, Georgia led over the summer for Robinson. Bama's come on strong since. And then with Ricks, you know, Bama, I feel like if there was a team to beat, it, it would be Alabama. And then he's right there with schools like Florida this weekend. He was there, LSU, Miami, Florida State. Uh, numerous other schools are involved with Ricks too. But uh, they, they definitely could stay together. And I think if they did, it would be at Alabama. Hmm. Dylan Rayola, the number one player overall, the number one quarterback overall, is committed to Ohio State. Is anyone recruit, recruiting the quarterback position better than Ohio State over the last three, four, five years? I mean, you got Devin Brown last year, Quinn Ewers before that. I know he's at Texas now, but still, they landed him. C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields. I mean, the list goes on. Dylan Rayola up next. What do you like about him to be the number one player overall? Yeah, it's hard to say that anyone's recruiting that position better. I mean, Devin Brown, top player for us on on three. Rayola's that guy. And I, I think it's going to be hard for anyone to knock off Rayola. I think if you ask anyone that has seen the quarterbacks play from quarterback coaches to college coaches, guys that recruited him, uh, that evaluate him, that they would call him, I think, all for the most part, QB1 of this class. I mean, he he has that. His dad obviously played in the NFL. His sister plays volleyball at TCU. His mom was playing water polo. I mean, he has athletes everywhere in his family and that he don't just have it, you know, with the natural skill set. You know, I've had a chance to really be around him three or four times and he has it up here, Josh, the mental side. Uh, I mean, the humility, uh, I mean, he's mature. I mean, he has the the intangibles it takes to be that guy, that number one guy, not just the skill set, but the maturation, the understanding, the knowledge, the patience to be that guy. And and he really wears that number one player quite well. I mean, from performance to the way he acts. Uh, and it's hard for me to see him being knocked off. We know how important it is for uh, from a rankings perspective uh, to try to mirror the NFL draft. That's the ultimate goal. Uh, so you know the odds are a quarterback, an edge player, or a left tackle is going to be that top pick every year in the NFL draft. It's hard to see a guy knocking off Rayola uh, this cycle just because of what he is now and what he can be at Ohio State down the road. All right, Chad, thanks for checking in. I know it's early over there on the West Coast. We'll see you soon. All right, Josh, thank you. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me and remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.